Hey there, future fans. Welcome to episode 88 of Future Flicks with Billiam. This week we have Strangers, But Backwards, a spiritual successor to Back to School, and a lot of murder. This is the week of May 11th, 2018, and this is episode 88 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show welcome back if um if you're a new listener just welcome in general and thank you for giving future flicks with billiam a try i will tell you what the show is about and who i am in a bit in case you're new but right now let me just say that this is an interesting week because this is the lull before blockbuster season really hits remember blockbuster season usually started in may it historically has done that for years until this year when Marvel slash Disney jumped the gun and had Avengers Infinity War come out in April. So we had Avengers Infinity War, two weeks of a lull, and now the rest of it is going to hit after this week. And I guess it's smart because it's going to give Infinity War a lot more time to rule the box office. Because uh, I, I even if next week's big movie came out the week after Infinity War, I still think Infinity War would have won. But this way it gets less competition and, you know, the next big movie gets less competition and the movies that are coming out now are movies that wouldn't have a chance in hell going up against it anyway. And also movies that someone may want to watch who isn't into comic book movies or maybe just wants to wait a while and just wait for the crowds to die down, even though it should be pretty good now. But yeah, we we have 12 movies this week and a lot of them look meh. Uh, A lot of them look like And we have a few good-looking ones, too. Only two wide releases this week. That's that's two. And then we have two more, or let me see, three more limited releases that looked interesting. And the rest of it's just blah, blah, blah. We have some that kind of got close to making it out of the limited section, but mm, it didn't make the cut. And another thing I, I, I wanted to say about this week is that it's... It's a week full of trigger warnings. It really is. And I'm not saying trigger warnings as a joke like, oh, you're easily offended. You need a trigger warning. No, it's it's real disturbing. Shit. There, There's quite a few movies that have rape in it. And my problem with rape in movies is the fact that a lot of the times it's shown or they show too much when they don't need to. And in my opinion, that takes away from the movie. It never needs to be seen. All you have to do is imply it because unless you're a monster, you realize what a terrible thing it is. So once it's implied, you then have sympathy for the victim and then hatred for the criminal. Showing it is just excess. And it's I think it's just very sloppy, very lazy and very disgusting filmmaking. Of course, I will mention it when it comes up in a movie that, hey, you know, watch out for this just in case something about this movie interests you. But anyway, let's get off this depressing topic. Let's talk about something fun, like me. Who am I? 
Who is this person talking at you through your headphones or your car speaker? If you're like me and you listen to podcasts in the car. Well, my name is Billiam. I am a writer or, well, I don't write much anymore. I am a podcaster for the Somewhat Nerdy website. I am part of the Somewhat Nerdy podcast network. The other shows on the network are Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle, two podcasts that if you don't already listen to them, please do because they're fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because I work with them. I I really love their shows and I make a point to listen to them each and every week, even though Somewhat Nerdy is bi-weekly. Whenever a new episode comes out, I listen to it right away. But anyway, I have a little show called Future Flicks with Billiam, where I go over every movie that's coming out during the week. Any limited releases, I just tell you what they're about and who's in it, maybe say a couple things. Any wider releases and any limited releases that I thought were interesting, I go a little more in-depth about. For those movies, I give you a score, which I call the Bill score or the Billiam's interest level score. That can go anywhere from a zero for the really shitty movies to an 11 for the fantastic movies. And something to keep in mind is that I base my I base my score only on the trailer because I am not some famous movie reviewer. I don't get early access to things. I'm just like you. I have to pay to see movies, or at least pay for my MoviePass card, in which I use to see movies, but still, I am a regular schmuck. So all of my judgment is based on the trailer because let's face it, if a company can't put out a good trailer, they don't deserve your money. The show always starts out with some news and then we go into the trailer trove where I talk about any new trailers and we wrap it all up with a question of the week. So how do you get in contact with me and how do you listen to the show? Let's go over that. Well, listening to the show, you're doing a great job right now. So however you're doing it, keep doing that. But if you do not know, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play and any podcast app, as well as the somewhat nerdy website or Facebook page. You can get in contact with me through email, billiamreviews at gmail.com, or Twitter and Instagram at billiamswn. You can also leave a comment on SoundCloud, leave a comment on the Facebook page, leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website. If you ever do comment and I miss it, please let me know. Send me a tweet, send me an email. Somehow go, hey, you missed my comment and I will apologize and talk about it in the next episode. But I will always mention answers and comments I get. And that is it for the opening housekeeping. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go into our first segment, which as always is the news. Box Office Mojo reports that Avengers Infinity War has crossed the 1 billion worldwide mark in record time. The film has made 450 million domestically, and it did so in just nine days, and it crossed the 1 billion worldwide mark in 11 days. So now time will tell if Avengers 4 will break that record because people who didn't see Avengers in theaters will eventually watch it and then maybe they'll be stoked to see 4 in theaters. So maybe 4 will break that record. We will see. If you saw Black Panther and you wanted Killmonger to be an even more sympathetic villain, then check out the Blu-ray commentary and you'll learn just a little more about the recent MCU villain played by Michael B. Jordan. According to the rap, the commentary says what happened to Eric Killmonger's mother and get ready to have your villain even more humanized. According to Ron Howard, if the Solo, a Star Wars story movie, does well, it will get a sequel. Alden Ehrenreich, the actor playing Han Solo, said that he has signed on for multiple Star Wars films. Of course, Disney could also throw some money at him and cancel the contract should this movie not go well and they don't want any more. Will we see a Solo 2? 
time will tell. This story came to us from Slash Film. AV Club is reporting that John Wick Chapter 3 has a working title, which is odd. It is odd because John Wick 1 and, well, John Wick 2 as well, were just called John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2, respectively. None of them had subtitles, none of them had working titles. It was just John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2. The new working title for Chapter 3 is called Parabellum. It's Latin for Prepare for War. And we've all heard about the T.J. Miller stuff with him being accused of sexual assault and then being arrested for calling in a bomb threat. Well, according to ComicBook.com, those things have him removed from the cast of the upcoming X-Force film. While the great banter between Reynolds and Miller will be missed, I'm not going to shed a tear for some piece of shit. Best case scenario for him, absolute best case scenario, is that the sexual assault accusation is all a lie. And of course, I'm not saying it is. I'm just giving a best case scenario for him. So best case scenario for Miller, that's fake. But he's still called in a bomb threat. So he's either a piece of garbage or a gigantic piece of shit. Just one of the two. And finally in the news, this from Slash Film, Rambo 5 is looking for funding and is being shopped around, quote unquote, to the Cannes Film Market, or Cannes Film Market, depending on how you pronounce that particular name. This fifth installment will have Rambo fighting Mexican drug cartels. Yay! Yay! More Rambo! Okay, though Rambo 4 was pretty cool. We'll see how this turns out, if it even sees the light of day. And with that, everyone, that was the news. And as always, if I miss any stories or if I miss any trailers in the next section, always let me know. I'll mention them in the next episode. But for now, we step away from the news desk and we walk into the trailer trove. Avast and welcome to the trailer trove. Yar, avast! I've had a little too much grog, and and I'm a little little drunk. It's we'll see how this goes. Okay, this is a test of the emergency billion broadcasting system to see how the rest of the show goes after um a lot. Yeah, that's the uh, that's a scientific measurement for my for my drinking tonight. Well, let us not get distracted from the trailer trove. Yes, that's right. Everyone's favorite intro music uh, has a purpose. We are now in the trove and I am going to discuss trailers. First, I know, shocking, right? Well, first we have a first look at Robin Hood. That's right, another Robin Hood starring Taron Egerton, Jamie Foxx, Ben Mendelsohn, Eve Hewson, and Jamie Dornan. And I'm torn. I don't want another Robin Hood movie. I really don't. Let's wait another decade or so and then remake it. Um, it was. It hasn't been that long since the uh, Russell Crowe one. Okay, let me. Let's use Google Foo and or I'm on IMDb. Let's see when was a Russell Crowe Robin Hood. Here we go. Ba ba ba. Two twenty ten. Jesus Christ, it's been eight years. Okay, never mind. It's been a while. Almost a decade. But still, it feels like it was just yesterday. And now we're getting another one. And I'm tired. I'm tired of these remakes where they change the whole f***ing story. Let's keep the same story, shall we? Or at least not change it so it seems like a sad attempt to make it look like a reasonable remake. That all being said, uh, this still looks fun. Uh, This is a basic 
period action film, and we've seen movies like this before. Ones named Robin Hood, of course, and just others. I mean, uh, the King Arthur movie from last year looked a lot like this. I saw that movie with a guy named Bill. He has a great name, a very strong name. That those that Bill guy. And you know, I, I honestly don't think Bill listens to the show anymore. He probably listened to one episode to support me and then thought, oh, no, this this isn't my jam. But Bill, if you're still listening, I miss seeing movies with you. Let, let's go see one. Tell Kate to hit me up when she's at in the store next. But I saw I saw King Arthur last year and it wasn't bad. And I think that's what this movie is going to be. It's not going to be bad. It's going to be enjoyable. It's going to be action packed, but it's not going to be necessary at all. And it's not going to be the type of movie you have to see. This is going to be the type of movie where you see it and you're like, OK, it wasn't good per se. It was just fun. This is set to come out November 21st. Next up, we have a film called The Catcher Was a Spy and has nothing to do with Catcher in the Rye, which is one of the worst books I have ever read. Fight me. I will f***ing fight you if, if you want over that, over that statement. Holden Caulfield can eat a dick. But anyway, this is a biographical war drama about Mo Berg a baseball catcher who played for teams like the Brooklyn Robins, the Chicago White Sox, and the Boston Red Sox. He was a fan of Sox, and he became a spy during World War II. His biggest mission was to spy on and kill, if necessary, Werner Heisenberg. This film comes out on June 22nd, 2018, of course, and it stars Paul Rudd, Mark Strong, Sierra, or sorry, Sienna Miller, Jeff Daniels, Tom Wilkinson, Hiroyuki Sanada, Guy Pierce, and Paul Giamatti. Holy f that is a great cast. I am interested. This movie's going to be in the same vein of Bridge of Spies, where it's a historical drama, basically. That's going to be really cool to watch. The type of movie you'll enjoy, but if you don't watch it, if you miss it, you won't really miss out on much. Bridge of Spies was good. It was enjoyable, but I didn't have to see it. And I, I feel like this is going to be the same. But it's just going to be another reminder that Paul Rudd is amazing and everyone loves him. And ladies and gentlemen, finally in the trove, Orbiter 9 is a Spanish romance drama sci-fi movie about a woman who thinks she's adrift in space and has been since she was a baby. But in reality, she is part of an experiment on Earth. One day, a guy has to come into her pod to fix something and they play it up like, oh, he's just another astronaut that's just passing by you to fix something that he's going to go on his way but the two magically fall in love yay for movie insta love and then he decides to take her away and um this has no american release date yet but it, it does look interesting it's it's an interesting idea insta love in movies bothers me because it's it's weak it, it's weak storytelling i mean seeing someone and automatically knowing oh this is the one i love this person J just on first sight it's a very romantic idea yes it could happen it has happened but it's it's happened in movies so often that it's now become a hindrance to movies thankfully i think this movie has enough going for it that it won't be too much of a hindrance and ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the trailer trove. Only three trailers that caught my eye. But like I said about the news, if I miss something, if you think I should have talked about a movie, let me know. So ladies and gentlemen, my future fans, it is time for a break. So let us hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Please stay tuned.
Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back. Welcome back. Well, it is time to get into the limited release films. And let's start with one called Boom for Real. The late teenage years of Jean-Michel Basquiat. This is a documentary about famed American artist Jean-Michel Basquiat. Go figure, right? Uh, This looks okay. Uh, Not an artist I'm familiar with at all. And after looking up his art, it's okay. I I can see why people like it. I can see why it gets reactions out of people. I can see why he deserves a documentary. But I don't think I'll be one of the people that want to see this movie just because it's, it's okay. It doesn't speak to me, though. So I don't feel the need to see this film. But if this art is your jam, if Jean-Michel Basquiat's art is your jam, then check this out. The next limited release is called Measure of a Man. Bobby is a young, overweight kid who gets a summer job doing housework for a well-off doctor. During the summer, he also goes to camp where he gets picked on. But as he spends more and more time with the doctor, he learns to stand up for himself. This stars Bobby Marks from The Maze Runner, Donald Sutherland from The Italian Job, Luke Wilson from Old School, Judy Greer from Ant-Man, and Liana Liberto from If I Stay. And this is okay. It, it could have been really good, and it almost made it into the next section. It almost made it into the noteworthy section, but the trailer just missed the mark. If you see this at all, this should be something you watch at home. Next up on the list is a documentary called Mountain. This is a documentary about the experiences of climbers on the highest peaks around the world. This is narrated by Willem Dafoe, and it almost made it into the noteworthy section. And the the biggest note I want to make is that if you can see this on an IMAX, like like a true IMAX, I suggest you go watch it because I think it would be f***ing awesome awesome i think it would look beautiful on a on a true imax screen i think it's the movie to watch if you can it's quite literally just about the highest peaks in the world and the people who climb them and what they go through and wide sweeping beautiful shots like this need to be seen on a true imax screen the only reason it didn't make it into the noteworthy section is because if you don't live near an IMAX or you don't think you want to make a special trip just to see this, then I would probably just skip this unless you stumble upon it. It, it looks good, but skippable. But again, if you can see it in its epic format, watch it. All right, next up for limited releases is a movie called Revenge. And let me start with the bullshit IMDb plot. <clears throat> Here we go. Never take your mistress on an annual guy's getaway especially one devoted to hunting, a violent lesson for three wealthy married men. And here's the not bullshit synopsis. So basically, a guy takes his mistress on vacation with his friends where they all try and rape her. When it doesn't go to plan, they try and kill her and leave her for dead, like true monsters would. But she doesn't die. Instead, she magically survives a fall and being impaled and then 
gets better and then magically finds weapons and goes on a killing spree. This stars a bunch of French people, even though this movie's in English. And, um, and no, no, skip this movie. The next film that's in the limited section is called Lou Over the Wall. Kai is a gloomy middle school student whose life changes after meeting Lou, a mermaid. All right, this is an animated film, and in fact, it's an anime technically because it's from Japan, and normally that is my sh that is my jam. I f***ing love anime. I'm always waiting for the next big anime to come over to the States to hit theaters to watch it and love it and have a huge nerd boner over. But this isn't it. This is a shitty animation that looks like it was done by some Ghibli knockoff company. And in fact, it was done by someone who used to work for Studio Ghibli, but I guess they left all the talent at the studio and then didn't, didn't take it with them. If you want to watch a musical dramedy anime, instead what you should watch is a 24 to 26, I forgot how long, episode show called Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad. That was a great show. And uh, this one tries to push music like it's a big deal, but it just looks like some shitty half-assed anime. F***ing skip this. The next film in the limited section is called Beast. A troubled woman living under the control of her mother finds herself at odds when she meets a handsome outsider who may be her salvation or the murderer and rapist the community has been looking for. See? Rape again! Yay for this week! It's uh, super awkward and unnecessary. I'm, I'm glad we can talk about this. This is a British film that stars no one. This could have been a good movie. It, it could have, but it, it felt a little lazy. Like, it has that classic thing where she's asking him if he's the murderer. He goes, how can you even ask me that? Don't you even know me? But, you know, in a British accent. And I, I was watching the trailer going, are you f***ing kidding me? This is like the oldest question you can ask in a movie like this. We've seen movies like this a million times before, and we deserve better. But next up on the limited list is a movie called Class Rank. Two high school students join forces in an attempt to overtake the school board. Bernard is a smart and awkward kid who is the candidate, and Veronica is the beautiful and overachieving campaign manager. Veronica has ulterior motives for wanting Bernard on the school board, but she never counted on falling in love. Aww. This stars Skylar Gizondo from Santa Clarita Diet, Olivia Holt from Cloak and Dagger, Kristen Chenoweth from The West Wing, and Bruce Dern from The Hateful Eight. And you know what? If this ever hits Netflix or Hulu, watch it. This looks like it's going to be cute and funny. But um, if you ever have to pay for it, or um, if you ever think about seeing it in theaters, no, just just skip it. If you can ever see it for free, though, or part of a service you already pay for, then then check it out. It'll be cute and fun. Just, eh, just not worth anything else. If you haven't watched Santa Clarita Diet, watch it. It is hilarious. And ladies and gentlemen, finally, the last movie that's a limited release I'm going to talk about, or at least the limited release that didn't catch my eye, is called The Seagull. A young girl falls for an older celebrity, much to the chagrin of her former lover. This shocks the family and sets into motion a series of events that turns everything upside down. This stars Annette Bening from American Beauty, Saoirse Ronan from Lady Bird, Corey Stoll from Ant-Man, Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale, and Brian Dennehy from Rambo First Blood. And I'll be honest, when I saw the cast and when I saw the IMDb premise at least, I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be fucking baller. 
So I put it in the bigger films and notable limited section. And then I actually watched the trailer. And I'm like, oh, f that this looks terrible. Well, okay. Terrible is a strong word. This just like, this just looks so basic that it's 100% skippable. This looks like a truly contrived movie that just thought, oh, let's get some famous actors together, throw them in a period piece and we'll make money. At least from the trailer, this movie doesn't look like it has an honest bone in its body. And, and I couldn't get behind this. Not at all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was it for the limited releases. Let us take another break and listen to a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. We'll be back. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, and we're back. We are back with the bigger films. Those are movies that are going to get wider releases and also the, the limited releases that caught my eye. Let's start with a film called Always at the Carlisle. This is a documentary about the Carlisle Hotel in New York, one of the most famous hotels in history. This documentary has interviews with many celebrities and stories about rumored goings-on at the tight-lipped hotel. This place is loved by celebrities because the hotel never talks about its guests. The stories we get in this documentary are either hearsay or come straight from the celebrity's mouth. This documentary features a lot of people, so I'm just going to name a few. George Clooney, Wes Anderson, Sofia Coppola, Angelica Houston, Tommy Lee Jones, Alan Cumming, Jeff Goldblum, and John Hamm, just to name a few. This documentary looks really interesting. It does, just because it's a... It's a hotel I knew about, but I never knew just how big it was to the celebrity world. So now it's famed for its rumored goings on, like all the different parties that were there. there. There's someone saying that the world's most famous elevator ride took place there with Princess Diana, Michael Jackson, and, and someone else was in it. I mean, this is a place you may have heard of, you, you may have been familiar with, but maybe you didn't know it was so big just because they're so tight-lipped about it. And I'm looking forward to hearing these stories, looking forward to hearing the rumors, looking forward to looking into it. So I just looked up the Carlisle and how much it is, and it goes anywhere from the, just a basic room, so room only, without breakfast, and the cheapest room they have is about 550 something dollars. And it goes all the way up to the most expensive one, which is an Empire Suite, a 2,600 square foot room with a view of Central Park, located on the 28th and 29th floors, has a bathtub and shower in all rooms, and has breakfast for two each day. And it's only $14,907.64 a night. That is it. I think that's a steal. I mean, I would like to stay here just, just one time. Of course, it would be the, quote, superior room, the, the $500 room, and maybe just one night before I move my broke ass to a Motel 6. But wouldn't that be cool to stay in such a famous place? Of course, that that's just my jam. I like fancy things. I like, um, I like like that. While my wife, on the other hand, likes whatever's cheapest. Roach Motel? Great! 
I guess I really lucked out with her. I, I could have married someone that was uh, that really wanted to be pampered, but um, nope, she just wants what's cheap. And th there we go. So we have this room that you'd probably still complain about the price. But anyway, let's talk about the documentary. It, it looks interesting. This looks like something fun to watch, not to own, just to stream it. Maybe even rent it on Amazon if it doesn't hit any streaming service. And just look at how the other half lives. And not even that, just to hear the stories. See all of the famous people that have that have been there. So this is a limited release. If you do want to watch this in theaters, good luck finding it. Otherwise, I suggest you watch it at home. Always at the Carlisle. Gets a 7.5 out of 11. So next up this week is a movie called Anything. Earl loses his wife after decades of marriage. He wants to move somewhere where he can start again and finds himself in Hollywood, of all places, where he meets Frida, a trans woman. The two form a relationship much to the shock and dismay of Earl's family, but will Earl let that get in the way? The stars John Carroll Lynch from The Founder, Matt Bomer from White Collar, and Maura Tierney from ER. And this looks good. I, I have to say this really intrigued me. Because this looks like a, a really original love story. I mean, I don't know. Maybe a movie like this has come out before. And maybe there's been books about something like this. But just this older man who stereotypically wouldn't be that open-minded. I mean, if, if just going off stereotypes, you, you generally you think the older the person, the less open-minded they're going to be. Just because maybe I think our generation and the generation after us thinks that we have the monopoly on open-mindedness even though that's complete bullshit. But anyway, th this older man loses his wife and meets this transgendered woman, and they, they form some sort of connection. And he is so blissfully ignorant of the world. Like, there's a scene in the trailer where Frida gets beat up because she's a trans woman. Not saying that's a good reason, of course, but that's just the reason for the beating. And he and so she goes to him, and he's like, you got beat up? Why? And because it, it doesn't even occur to him that that is a reason to beat up someone. Maybe because he's a decent human being and would never think like that. And it shows you that like this can happen anywhere. And I'm from California. A lot of you know that. And here in California, in certain, in certain areas, we have our heads so far up our asses that we think we are the most open-minded. We're like, oh, no one is open-minded and accepting as us here in Santa Cruz, as us here in Berkeley, as us here in San Francisco, when there are just as many people there who, who would judge someone for something as stupid as being trans or gay or bi or whatever. So, so I like the fact that this takes place in what historically, not, or not even historically, what stereotypically is a more open-minded place. And let's be honest, there, there are some truth to things like this, to, to geographical stereotypes. Uh, there are places in the South where it is not safe to be different. But guess what? There are also places in California, places in New York where it's not safe to be different. Just because we're liberal and open-minded doesn't really mean sh Good, decent human beings and assholes can live anywhere. And so I like this story. I like the story of this man, Earl, who's just this basic guy who is this guy who doesn't, doesn't seem like he has hate in his heart anywhere, who is so innocent to the world that he would question why Frida would get beat up. So he moves there, meets this, meets this woman, and at least in the trailer, he doesn't question the fact that she's transgendered. So this movie isn't going to be for some people. And I really want to make it known 
that there is no judgment from me. I understand topics like this can make people uncomfortable. That does not make you a bad person. There's this false narrative out there in the world that to be truly open-minded, to be truly accepting, you have to, or not have to, but you can't be uncomfortable by things like this. And I think that's really wrong. So I just want to make it well known that even though I like the look of this movie, if you don't think you do, if it makes you uncomfortable, that is fine. So when I talk about movies like this, when movies like this excite me and when they get me interested, that's just me. And I'm beginning to stray off topic. So so let's let's get off this and go back into the movie that uh, that I really want to see this. Because what this movie is going to present us is this interesting character study about not just Earl, but his family too and and also Frida. So how does the family react? Well, they react poorly, but but why? Is it because Frida is trans or is it because he's rebounded uh, to someone so different from his wife that the sexual orientation of this person doesn't even matter, but the person he chose is so different that the family's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Or are they just being prejudiced? Is Frida in the right to get as angry as she does at the family? Or did she jump the gun and not stop to think about the reasons they could be angry? And what about Earl? Is he so distraught that it's that it's really changing the way he thinks? And this thing with Frida truly is a rebound that is just going to end in heartbreak. And that's really what I want to see. I want to see how this plays out. Because in the trailer, they don't actually kiss or, or have sex or anything like that. It's just them being together and you can tell there's a love there. But is it going to be more or are they just going to be friends? So there's a million different ways this movie can go and it's not obvious which one it is. So if you want to see this movie, uh, good luck finding it just because it's going to be a limited release. Uh, but I, I think you should give it a shot unless this kind of topic makes you uncomfortable in which case, um, watch something else. There we go. The easy peasy lemon squeezy. Anything gets an eight out of 11. All right, folks, we have three movies left. And the next movie on the list is a film called Terminal. In a dark and anonymous city, two assassins, a dying teacher, a janitor, and a waitress all have their stories intertwined at the hands of a mysterious criminal hell-bent on revenge. This stars Margot Robbie from I, Tanya, Mike Myers from Austin Powers, Simon Pegg from Shaun of the Dead, and Matthew Lewis from Harry Potter. And welcome everyone to Nicholas Winding Refn's Wet Dream, because this movie kind of looks stylized like he likes to do it, but this one looks good. So think of... A Nicholas Winding Refn movie, think of Sin City, think of Kill Bill, a super stylized movie, but this one doesn't look like sh like Neon Demon or Driver. And hell, I even kind of liked Driver, but I can, I can sit back and go, no, this is sh I just like it because, I'm sorry, not Driver, Drive, the Ryan Gosling movie. But here, I have a better comparison. Think of Smoke and Aces and Sin City having a baby and you get Terminal. This looks really good. I, I can't wait to see it, but I, guess what? This isn't going to be a theater movie. In fact, this would be third on my list of movies released this week that I would see. I still want to see this. I still want to see the previous two movies. Uh, this is actually a good week for movies, even though this is right at the beginning of blockbuster season. Right before it truly kicks off, all these movies are coming out just because they know for the next few months they don't stand a chance. 
Of course, movies like Anything and Always at the Carlisle, Terminal, and the next two movies may have a crowd they appeal to that differs from the big blockbusters, so they may have gotten some money anyway. It's still better to not get lost in the shuffle. So they have a week right now where they are going to come out and go, hey, this is going to be our week, any money we're going to make now, and then we'll just get lost next week, and then we'll just try to make the rest back in post, or in the post-theater life. So that's why we do have so many good-looking movies coming out this week, or or at least watchable movies this week, that are coming out all at the same time. Terminal has a good cast. It looks stylized in a non-contrived way. And also just looks like an interesting story. So this movie has everything going for it, but everything going for it as a movie to watch at home. Terminal gets an 8 out of 11. Two movies left, ladies and gentlemen, and you may know what these movies are. They have been advertised enough, one more so than the other, but they've been advertised enough that you may know what they are. So what movie made it as my almost pick, and which one is the pick of the week? Well, the next movie on the list is called breaking in. A woman takes her family to help sort out the house of a dead family member. While there, they're attacked by a group of thieves, and Sean is left outside, locked outside, away from her family. Little do the criminals know that she's more dangerous than she looks, and they must fight to stay alive as she fights to get her family back. This sells Gabrielle Union from Bring It On, Billy Burke from Twilight, and Richard Cabral from End of Watch. So this movie kind of flips others on its head. I mean, th this type of story has been done before uh, and just reminded me of a Bruce Willis movie called Hostage. And that and Breaking In kind of turn movies like Purge, When a Stranger Calls and Panic Room takes those ideas and then flips it around. So it's not the bad guys trying to get in. It's Gabrielle Union's character who's stuck outside trying to get into her family and she's the one killing the bad guys. So they're the ones that need to watch out for her. And it's not a story we see often. It's it's different enough that it still feels fresh, at least fresher than the some of the movies I just mentioned, because we get those type of films a lot. Someone locked in a house with the bad guys outside and they have to stay alive. That being said, this looks good. I want to see this. I want to see this. Eventually, I'm not sure if this is going to be a theater watch because there, there's no movie this week that truly needs the theater. And that's what I always try to get across, and that's why I hope a lot of you realize, is that even though a movie like, let's say, Terminal, uh, Terminal, anything, Always at the Carlisle, may be better movies than a Marvel or DC movie, Marvel and DC movies are more fun, they have better, a lot of CG, they're big and flashy and enjoyable and the theater just helps that you need those that big screen you need the deep rumbling bass you you need all that and true it's just as fine at home i rewatched thor ragnarok and guardians of the galaxy volume 2 recently and i i like them still but it's better on the big screen where movies like these movies like breaking in terminal and the next movie I'm going to mention, the pick of the week, would still be fine on the big screen. It's going to be fine at home, too. So if you didn't want to see a movie in the theaters this week, you won't really be missing out. Because all these movies are going to come to DVD Blu-ray. They're going to come to streaming, we hope. At the very least, you can rent them on Amazon or YouTube. Or Redbox them. Or Netflix Disc, if anyone still does that. But I'm kind of straying off breaking in. Um, I, I do want to see it. It 
we have a couple of good things going on here. We have the typical story of bad guys trying to break into a house flipped on its head. We have Gabrielle Union, a black woman, being the one that's very dangerous. I mean, we had that not too long ago with a Tara G. P. Henson movie called Proud Mary, but it's still it's still good to see because a a strong heroine who can carry her own movie generally isn't a black woman in, in mainstream movies and there's no real good reason for that at all and movies like proud mary movies like breaking in will show us that or the the halle berry one kidnapped or kidnapped where she's um she's in the car chasing the guy who kidnapped her kid i mean halle berry is badass and i think we forget that a lot just because her movies aren't as big anymore she was huge during her days on X-Men and when she got paid, like, what was it, $10,000, $20,000 per boob in um, in Swordfish. And quite literally per boob, I'm not just being a misogynist now, she had that topless scene and they paid her per breast. And that was, that was a big deal because it was this really good actress who was getting Oscar nods, who's won awards. And now she's like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. Just throw tons of money at me and I will do it. And, and you know what they did? But ever since then, she's kind of fallen off the radar for a lot of people. And she still acts, she still does a lot, but they're not these big movies. This one, though, Breaking In, is making is making a lot of noise. I've seen the trailer a lot. I've heard people talking about it, excited to see it, who want to see Gabrielle Union kick ass. And I do want to see this. I will see this, but I will probably watch it at home. I do have my fancy movie pass card and I did sign up before they changed the rules to be stupid rules. But even then, I'm not sure if I want to take time to see it in theaters. This is the type of movie that I would much rather just one day be sitting at home with Anne and going, hey, you know, what? let's watch that movie with uh, Gabrielle Union. And she'd be like, OK, yeah, we can do that. And then we watch it. We're like, that was good. I'm glad we did that. What's next? Or if she doesn't want to watch it, I just plead and give her puppy dog eyes. Either way, this is a movie to be watched at home. It looks tense. It looks like it has the right amount of action and violence. So not John Wick level violent, but still violence. You're going to see this strong character kicking ass and taking names. And yeah, sure, let's watch it. Let's all watch it at home. Breaking in. It's an 8.5 out of 11. And finally, my future fans, it is time for the pick of the week. And if you've been watching... TV recently and you've seen trailers, you'll know what that is. The pick of the week is called Life of the Party. Deanna's husband asks for a divorce and leaves her without a direction in life. She decides to go back to college to complete her degree, the same college her daughter goes to. This stars Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaids, Jillian Jacobs from Community, Stephen Root from Get Out, Maya Rudolph from Bridesmaids, singer Christina Aguilera, and Chris Parnell from Saturday Night Live. And yeah, it's really the fact this is a Melissa McCarthy, Ben, Cal ben Falcone movie that, that kind of sold me on this. Ben Falcone doesn't direct or write a lot. And what he has directed and written, he has done with his wife, Melissa McCarthy. They've done Tammy, The Boss, and now Life of the Party. And next year, or the, or the year after, I forgot which year, next year will be Super Intelligence, a buddy comedy taking place in a post-apocalyptic world. That just based on that, I'm already down for. But uh, this movie is funny, and I, I really like comedies. And it's the it's a, a Melissa McCarthy comedy. And so just by saying that, you already know. It's just like I've said before on the show. Even though her characters are different in her movies, 
all of these movies that she chooses to do do have a lot of similarities and so they're similar enough that you can say like oh i didn't like this one i didn't like this other one i probably won't like the others and the same goes the other way if you're a fan of hers if you liked spy and heat or bridesmaids and tammy if you liked those then you'll probably like the others she has a certain style of comedy that really works for her and even when she steps away from that uh, she's still good. We all know that I differ from the somewhat nerdy guys when it comes to the Ghostbusters reboot. I liked it. I did. It was n nowhere near as good as the original two, of course, but I thought it was fun and it was a totally different direction for, uh, for Melissa McCarthy. And I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And basically I think it's that I'm a fan of hers. So if you're not a fan of hers, you're, you're going to skip this movie 100%. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing anyone can do to get you to watch this. And that's why I think I'm going to start wrapping this part up just because I could talk all about it. I can talk how it looks funny and how it looks like it's going to be this, this person coming into her own and finding herself outside of her family. And no matter what I can say there, you have made up your mind just because you like her or you don't. It's it's the same with the rock movies. If you're like me or the rest of the somewhat nerdy crew, you're a fan of the rock and he could be in the stupidest movie ever and you will watch it because guess what it's the rock same goes for M melissa mccarthy same goes for you know what arnold schwarzenegger movies back in the day and sylvester stallone you know if you like someone you know the type of movies they do and even when they stray from that it is there's still similarities to what they normally do and movies like this make my job a little easier so i want to see life of the party that is my pick of the week. And if you don't, then guess what? Breaking In or Terminal are the movies you should watch. I mean, as always, you should always take my recommendations and my score with a grain of salt. On this show, my score and my recommendations are the end-all beat-all because guess what? It's my f***ing show. But at the end of the day, you want to watch what you want to watch. And I recommend Life of the Party. And if you're not a fan, then I recommend Breaking In. Let's finish this up with Life of the Party. Gets an 8.5 out of 11. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's step into our final break before we get into the question of the week. So let's pause for a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, -wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, well, I just spilled my drink on my keyboard, so go me. We'll see if I'll need a new one. Uh, so far, it's still working, but, but time will tell. Well, normally, this is when I would go over the answers for the question of the week, but we actually don't have any. Uh, I, I have one from a co-worker, and of course, I have my own. 
And Anne will give me an answer too, she said, but I want to give it another week because I think this is a good one. I think maybe people just didn't have a chance or forgot because I did forget to send a reminder tweet. So I'll have one more week of this question. So just to reiterate, you get to pick the genre, lead actor, and lead actress. Give me your ideal movie. I would prefer it if it was people that were still living. But, you know, if you can't, if you absolutely can't think of anyone that's still alive that you would want in a movie, then yeah, sure. Pick someone who's dead. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap it up. And so I will tell you how to listen to the show and then also give you my contact info so you can answer the question of the week. So you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as a somewhat nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars. And then also share the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. And how do you reach me? How do you answer the question of the week? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, Good Friends of the Show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, No matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.